You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. Episode 56 of PlayStation Unchained. I'm your host this week, Ben Schillerbeer-Hall. Uh, it's, it's been a couple of weeks, actually, since we've last had a little bit of a chat. Uh, hope you guys are all doing well. And this week we've got, of course, we can't have an Unchained without him. We've got Mike, the muscle Harridance, with us this week. Hello, Mike. <laughs> Hi, Ben. It's good to be back, man. Uh, I've heard you've been up to some important top secret, not top secret anymore, ninja work recently down at... Yeah, ni- much ninja work, yes I am, <laughs> we'll be talking about, talking about that um, later in the podcast, yeah. I was, um, yeah, we weren't here last week, I was having a curry and Ben was late back with something, I think, weren't you, from yeah, Europe, Amy? Yeah. I was late back and by the time I got back, I, we had organised the podcast and I, <clears> I thought, you know what, I'm on DGH at 1.30am in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a bit of a nap. And then I'll join during RDGH. So, yeah, that, that, that's what I was up to. Yeah, but at least we're back now. <clears throat> Good. And, of course, it's been a while since we've had him on again. He's, in fact, he's becoming pretty much a regular, actually. Uh, Dane, hashtag buy my book, Smith. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Ben? Uh, not too bad, thank you. Uh, how you been? Um, well, considering I uh, covered for you guys last week for Unchained, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing like double billings all the time for the show. Okay. Trying to earn back my spot now that I got a job that allows me to wake up early without feeling like crap all the time. Uh, well, it's good to see you back, by the way. It's it's nice to have you on as a regular. You're one of the one of the most popular guests. In fact, uh, when I was at Eurogamer a couple of weeks ago, Chin did ask about you and asked about if you were coming to the UK. Oh, wicked. I I would if I could afford it. I want to go to Gamescom next year, Germany. That's what I want to do. So I just I just got to find if I'm working at, during then and I got the money and all of that financial hoo-ha. But if I can, I'm going to try to go to Gamescom next year. Chin recently put a picture of me and him yesterday on Twitter. <laughs> oh, wicked. It was amazing. I think I'll look at that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a paparazzi. Uh, Ben's the most famous of us all now. Way. Uh, so let's let's go on to a game that obviously we're all confused about the fact it's taken so long. This was written by Mike Harridance, The Last Guardian, Sony working diligently on the game. Uh, speaking oh, during an interview with Famitsu, Sony Computer Entertainment Worldwide Studios President Shi- Shuhu Shuhei. Shuhei Yoshida confirmed that his development team is currently, work to, currently to work digitally on The Last Guardian. Uh, uh, that, that's a bit of a grammar there, I think. Oh, uh, that must have been, yeah. Oh, yeah. what? <laughs> Continue to work. Is continuing. Uh, can, uh, Yoshida-san told the publication translated by Kotaku, uh, development couldn't be better before I didn't. That might be a bit of an exaggeration. We continue to work diligently on the game, so please look forward to it. Um, developed by Team Micah, the last guy needs a brainchild of Fubutu Uda, uh, the creator behind the quickly acclaimed Shadow of the Micah for PS2. Um, it's 
just been just 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 don't talk about until you've got some actual screenshots information or anything Sonny we're getting kind of annoyed I, I don't know what anybody else about being strong along uh, Dane have you got any opinions on this on the last guardian I think I mentioned it numerous times in previous podcasts. I could care zero about The Last Guardian because I've never played Ico. Shadow of Colossus looks completely boring to me. I even got both of them free from PSN Plus, PS Plus, and I have zero interest of playing them, and they're free, and they have trophies, and I still don't want to play them. So Last Guardian could come out tomorrow, and unless it's an RPG, I will never play it. That would be amazing if Sony pulled a Sega. The Last Guardian is out now. You can go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they did with Sega yeah. Saturn. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just, they just keep stringing along. Like They obviously must have it working. It's like the Final Fantasy or Duke Nukem or, or something that they're doing with it. And by that I mean it's there. They're just taking their good old jolly time to get it done. And they're making sure people don't forget about it. So... When they do release it, hopefully people will forget it took, what, six years, seven years, ten years to make, and then and they'll buy it, and they'll recoup. I think they just want to break even on this game now with how much it's taken. Well, probably not, but I mean with how long it takes and with the fact that graphics are getting better and better and probably cost more to make, it's just ludicrous how long this game is taking to get made. It's making Duke Nukem look like timely. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, it, it makes Final Fantasy 15 look like it's been rushed out the door. Um, yeah. And, yeah. How, and how long, and exactly, and how long does Final Fantasy 15 take? At least they got like a demo for that. I mean, at least we got screen caps video. At least it looks pretty freaking sweet. But this we've got like nothing. Like what's the latest like video trailer we've seen from that? What? Oh, God. 2011, um, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and even then, like, it's a trailer, which means it has zero to do with the actual game itself. So, uh, take that with a grain of salt. So, uh, Mike. There's my thoughts. Mike, you're. Yeah. Um, um, I haven't played um, um, Ico or Shadow of a Colossus, but un- unlike Dane, um, I am interested in it because it looks fantastic and it looks it, the graphics look amazing even today with the original trailer and um despite the time lapse and uh it just seems like an interesting kind of game you know adventure slash puzzle game you know I'm interested in playing it probably just because I covered it so much in the news like on my job but I'm just in you know I just want to see what it's like but I don't know man I mean I've yeah I the last garden has just become like this kind of like a running joke now isn't it it's just like vaporware you know <laughs> almost um it's you know I think we'll see it. I think it's almost certainly for PS4, but I just I just wonder what the impact's going to be now because it's just been so long. I think they've they've taken way too long on it. I don't know why they couldn't. I don't know. I just I just worry about how you know if people are really going to care about it now. But um, yeah, um, I'm still interested to spot everything, but I'm not holding out for this. I'm not trying to get my hype meta going through the roof if that makes any sense. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's, I can't really say much more than that. Every time, every time a story comes up, I always think the same thing. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm still interested, but Jesus Christ, you know, how long is it? You know, it's been over five years now since it was a full, uh, officially announced. So yeah, uh, it's it's crazy, really. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I 
I don't know how I feel about the game right now. I, mm. I'm excited, but at the same time, it feels like it's not going to live up to the excitement that I've built over the years because it's taken so long. It's enough. I don't think it's going to. No. It's yeah. going to have to be like the best game ever. It's 10 out of 10. Awesome. 11, 11 out of 10. It's got to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, let's let's go on to something that might annoy people. Um, Rise right. of the Tomb Raider on PS4 spotted for pre order. Remember all the. Hol- uh, this is by Simon Sayers, uh, October 3rd. Remember all the hullabaloo <laughs> about the announcement that Rise of the Tomb Raider was going to be Xbox One exclusive? That was later mentioned casually, there was only time exclusive that eventually make it to a PS4. Well, Game UK has whacked up a placeholder for the PS4 version, though it mentions the release date of 2014, which we know isn't the case. Still, it's a clear sign that PlayStation gamers will definitely be getting their hands on Lara Croft's adventures. We just don't know when. Um, for one thing, this is definitely just a placeholder. It's just in case it ever gets announced, either next year or the year before, after, whenever. It'll come out on PS4, probably, in, I'm going to say, 2016. Right. Yeah, I reckon uh, so. You know it's a placeholder, mainly because it actually says only on PlayStation on the box. On the placeholder. <laughs> So yeah, oopsie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so don't ex- just ignore it. That 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 pre put pre- pre-order if you want, but that doesn't exist. It's just placeholder, so their systems are up to date. So if it does get announced, they don't have to do any work. It's just they have to click a button and it's ready. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So yeah, don't worry. It's well, actually, do worry. It's not been announced yet, but still, don't worry. That's not. It's just, just a placeholder. Uh, Mike, mm-hmm. any opinions on Tomb Raider? Do you? Do you, do you... Um, yeah, I, I I love Tomb Raider. I've been a big fan since the original. Um, I I think I, along with most people who own a PlayStation Four, were disappointed at this. It doesn't make you know. We, I think we we've, we've spoken about why. I think it's a bad idea before, so I won't go over all that again. But I think it's pretty obvious. It is. It, I think it's pretty obvious. It is a timed. It's, it's a holiday 2015 exclusives on Xbox One. That means it will already come out on Xbox One next year, ne- next Christmas. Not not this Christmas, the Christmas in 2015. After that, it's probably going to eventually turn up on PS4. I probably it'll probably end up um, Christmas um, the following year, so 2016, as you said. I, I can see that happening. But yeah, this is just a placeholder. This is, as you said, it's not confirmation that it's coming out. It's just a. But they always sling these things up now and then. You know, they've done it in the past with various games. So yeah, but um, yeah, I was looking forward to the game a lot though. So I'm, I'm still disappointed I won't be able to play it for a, probably, uh, probably not for another two years or so. Well, I, I don't know. It depends. I mean, I, I plan to get an Xbox One anyway. But you know, it's it's still a shame. Yeah, uh, but that's my, my that's my thoughts. And Dane, have you got any thoughts on this? Uh, I just think for PS4 owners, if this is actually true, that it actually will come to the system, then we get the perfect edition. We get the ultimate edition right off the bat. So, because they're obviously going to have DLC, that's a guarantee. And so when it eventually comes to the PS4, we get the ultimate edition. So yeah. it saves people money and time. And then they'll know, oh, this looks great. And then they'll get it. And if it looks like crap, or if it is crap, they don't have to worry about it. I was going to actually say that, Dane, as well. The fact that, you know, yes, we're going to have to wait 6, 12 months. But just think about, we'll get all the DLC. We'll get any of the updates. We'll get, there might even be improvements done in that year to the engine. So we might see an even better version. 
the definitive mm. version, one would may say. Um, so we might see the PS4 version run at 1080p, 60 frames per second. You know, all those P's, you know how many people want those P's. Um, <laughs> the DLC, all the, all, the, all the stuff in one beautiful curvy package. Um, so, yeah. Well, yes. the the other thing too is, even if it is just a, an Xbox One exclusive for now, like it's not like the PlayStation Four is it going to not have games? I mean, it's Tomb Raider versus Uncharted, and so it's basically, uh, do you want Tomb Raider? Or do you want Uncharted Four? If you are a Sony fan, if they come out around the same time. Nine out of ten are probably going to pick Uncharted, especially with how good some of the graphical screen caps have been. And so, with considering how people like the rag on about how crap the economy is, and and uh, people are only going to pick one or two games, you know, it's good for Sony fans in a way because they can get it again later, and so they can focus on the stuff that's coming out now. So they can wait for it to be cheaper and not just buy a $60 game for their backlog. When Uncharted 4 comes out, when Persona 5 comes out, when all the other first-party Sony games that come out, like The Order. Like, when's The Order supposed to come out? February. February. Yeah, February okay. 2nd, so, I think it is. Okay, well, maybe not The Order then if, if, Xbox is, if uh, Tomb Raider is coming out next Christmas but, or Christmas 2015. But you, you get what I mean, right? Yeah, we get what you mean. Makes yeah. sense. Um, so we'll go on to The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead Season 1 and 2 PS4 confirmed release dates. This, this was done by Simon Sayers. He's such a busy man, that Simon Sayers. Yeah, um, he is. Anyway, Telltale has confirmed the release dates on PS4 for Season 1 and 2 of The Walking Dead. Uh, each season features five episodes as well as the 400 Days DLC, which focus off the five protagonists from the game each with their own short personal story. In North America, Season 1 will be available on October 14th, with Season 2 landing on October 24th, while in Europe, both seasons will be available on October 24th. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I've not really actually played the games before, really. So, I'm not... Yeah. I think it's really funny that this game is getting made on all systems and Telltale is just milking it for as much as they can. I say it's good for them because people are going to buy it, especially if you're a trophy hunter because it's one of the easiest Platinums ever. But it's just, when we see um, Season 3, which I'm assuming there's going to be a Season 3, it's going to be on all three systems again. So... I'm just wondering, like, how far they can milk this. Well, it's on phones as well, isn't it? As well. I don't know about phones. Yeah, I never I'm heard sure about it's that. On phones. You can get Walking Dead on phones. PC. Yeah. Vita, console. Yeah, I got mine. On, mine's on Vita. I got the first all all the seasons so far on the Vita. Yeah. So uh, uh, you'll soon be up next year. Uh, secret announcement: Walking Dead season three will be playable on your fridge. Fridge. <laughs> well, he's gonna have a TV in your fridge at some point, so why not? Uh, so yes, that's secret bombshell right there. Um, anyway, before I confuse everyone, let's let's go on to some Tekken news. This is yeah. written by Michael Harridance. It's uh, Tekken Seven introduces two new characters. Uh, raid system confirmed. 
A fresh batch of Tekken 7 details have surfaced following the game's arcade test launch in Japan, including confirmation of two new fighters via Max Level. Uh, another website there, if you go to our article, we'll link you to that site. Uh, first up, Namco Bandai's latest brawler once again altered the raid system, which gives a character a boost in power once the health is severely de- depleted. Not only that, but it seems Tekken 7 will introduce a new tech move, which allows you to counter an opponent's blow at the cost of losing some health. Elsewhere, Tekken.net features have been confirmed with a ranking system returning to the fold, as well as a variety of costumes, including a gothic-style makeup, a fillity, and extre- that's a nice way to put it. I saw the picture of his hair. Extreme <laughs> hairstyle for Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a hairstyle like... or a makeshift ladder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's his normal hair. His normal crazy yeah. like vertical hair just times ten. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like you could. You, it, did he have to register that hair as a weapon when he registered yeah, he probably it to the did. Tekken tournament? Yeah, he could probably pick up BBC <laughs> 2 on it. <laughs> uh, characters so far include Kazuya, Hiachi, Lars, Asuka, Lily, Elisa, Paul, Rawling, King, Dragonoff, Brian, Neo, Feng, Stephen Fox and Hu Wang. New combats include Catalina and Cordio. Um, yeah, that's the new bloke, yeah. yeah. He's, I think it should be a, there should be a picture of him, actually. Yeah, there's a picture there. on the side of him. Um, yeah, cool. So yeah, this this uh, I'm not I'm not a huge fighting fan, but I'll probably get this anyway because it looks pretty good. Um, Mike, as you wrote this, what, what did you think of it? What? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for you to come to me. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I I'm looking forward to this, man. It's um, uh, looking look, it looks really good. It's of a story. Um, the story for what it is sounds kind of interesting. Doesn't sound like there's going to be much more with the Mishimas after this with Heihachi and Kazuya. They're settling their um long-running kind of like blood war but um yeah the game we haven't really seen much of a game in action yet but there have been some leaked footage that have come up since i wrote that article and it does look really good the um the graphics that well it was off screen so it's hard to tell but the visuals look really good um i'm hope that they do kind of like overhaul the animations and mechanics and stuff but it looks like the um the fighting seems a lot from what i saw it looks a lot like tekken revolution where they kind of like tone back the juggles and stuff because there's no bound system anymore where you punch them down on the floor and they sort of bounce and it lets you juggle them again because that was just ridiculous in Tekken Tag. If you combine that with a tag throw combo, it was just like over half your life bar gone. It was just ridiculous. People would just abuse it. It it just turned me off online completely. So I'm really hoping that it's going to be a lot like Revolution, which felt a lot more like old school Tekken where you have to actually use more than one one or two friggin' launchers and actually... You know, use throws, use more complicated maneuvers, dodging a lot more, you know, and countering and stuff like that. And juggles were just like, you know, they were harder to do and they weren't as long. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm, got high hopes for this game. It, it looks, it does sound great. Plus, I got to see a life-size statue of Kazuya as well, but I'll mention that later. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, for anyone listening, the graphics are at 50% of what they will actually be when they come out. This is a, an early build. Oh really? It's about fifty percent finished. Oh wicked! So, oh great! Yeah, you know, it, it will be improved a lot by the time you guys will see it properly. Um, oh great! Dane, have you got any opinions on Tekken? The Iron. Uh, I'm actually not a big fighting game fan, so Tekken. I played Revolution. That's the free one, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, that's the free to play one. Yeah. I only really played it for the fact I could get free trophies. That's 
really it. Uh, that's seriously it. Um, I really the only fighting games I play are Dead or Alive and Persona. And speaking of Persona, I'm actually playing it right now as we're doing this podcast because I got to get that review finished. But I just I don't know. A lot of fighting games to me they feel stiff, and it's the same thing with Tekken. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes even with Revolution, it just felt stiff. Like if I miss. It's just that window of opportunity just felt too long to me. Um, yeah, I know it's one. It is a it is a slower pace kind of thing. You do have to. It's a lot about timing with that with that game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not so much timing. It's like like for example, I'd play. Um, I used to play Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur a bit with friends like way back in the day, and I'd yeah. like I'd miss, and it's just you're just hanging there, and it's you're just waiting for seems like forever to just get destroyed <laughs> yeah and it's the same with mortal Kombat, same with street fighter see and i'm probably going to get ragged on now because i'm mentioning street fighter and mortal Kombat being really stiff games but this, <laughs> this is what it was to me so um that's probably why i play it. well persona is the mashiest game of them all that game is just mashy mashy uh they even mashy, made a trophy mashy. they even made a trophy literally called mashy mashy <laughs> because all you gotta, all you gotta do is you just mash square, and that is your your super combo. There's <laughs> this has the easiest combat system of any fighting game, um, which is funny. So maybe that's why I like it so much is because it's easy, and I don't suck at it. <laughs> but I mean, I would. I, what I'm interested in is I didn't see the demo or like the screenshots or whatever of the new Tekken, but. Uh, if it's only 50%, uh, it must probably look like a sweet game when it eventually comes out. Yeah. Well, it looked so pretty good from what I saw, but the footage was bad because it was off screen. Someone filming like on their phone or whatever, watching someone yeah. play, playing the arcade machine, but it did seem pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to the first fighter that's released on the PS4 that really takes advantage of the new graphical capabilities now whether it be a tekken a soul caliber a dead or alive or mortal Kombat, whatever i think that would be uh, pretty good to see like a lot yeah. more realistic fighting yeah especially if it's mortal Kombat, then you know the fatalities are going to get pretty pretty gruesome <laughs> yeah definitely man oh by the way while you're talking about dead or alive i didn't write about this but i watched um some people play dead or alive 5 the last fight during euro gamer day Last round? Last round, that's it, yeah. It yeah, how was that? It was sweet. Uh, Chin was there. He was sort of watching this as well. He was taking pictures because mm-hmm. it was the first time they'd been shown in Europe. So. Is that the See, one? Is that coming to PS4, that one? Yeah, it's coming to PS4, spring 2015. Oh, wicked. See, this is how much of a, of a dead or alive fan I am of, of, of that fighting game is when number five came out. I bought it. One of the few games I bought, like, brand new, spent the 60 bucks on it. Although, to be fair, I had um, a coupon saved up, so I got some money off of it. But because I bought it in Korea, my online code did not work because I did not have a Korean PSN account. So I could not actually play this game online. But what mm-hmm. TK did, which was quite ingenious, was... If you don't have a code, you can still play online for two days. Just right. two days. Um, 
So what I did was there's a trophy. One of the trophies is you have to play 1,000 matches. It's called DOA 5 for life. And I played 1,000 online matches in two days or less than two days. Wow. Right? So that's how much I enjoyed it. Damn. Right? Yeah, I'm like fourth in the world uh, to get the trophy. Holy crap. Right? Yeah. It's like I got it and there we go. So I think the only ones before me are like Japanese people who had the game before it, like a week or two before it launched out west. So, um, yeah, that's how much I liked it. It's a thousand, a thousand matches. Who cares? Easy. Who needs a life? Uh, they all, I, I didn't know it had the feature though where you could change the underwear color. That was that must be a new feature in the game. Because that's what one of the, it was on the big screen. You had an underwear choice of A, B, or C. Yeah, I don't remember that <laughs> in Ultimate. Yeah. So that must be a new one. Yeah, a new feature. Um, so we'll go on from underwear changing to Call of Duty. Because that is a perfect segue. Um, Call of Duty <laughs> Advanced Warfare multiplayer hands-on preview by Mike. He's a ninja Harridans. Uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare looks set to be the most significant entry in the multi-million ceiling franchise since 2007's Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, having benefited from a three-year development cycle and an unprecedented feat by the series <laughs> standard up to this point, uh, which sadly is not something I want to be saying. Um, the upcoming futuristic military mm. shooters looks set forth to bring a wealth of innovation and tweaking the... Um, I could read this entire preview. It's a massive... Really amazing preview. Yeah, it's quite it's quite le- lengthy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we'd rather listen to the actual person who was there and did the the, the, the shooting and the killing. So, Mike, <laughs> I'll try to. Yeah. How did you find Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare? Um, I actually enjoyed it for what it's worth. Um, I'm not a big. I never. I've never been one to shy away from the fact that I'm not a big online shooter fan whatsoever. And this is the first time I've actually ever touched. A multiplayer, call it, a multiplayer component in Call of Duty, apart from going split screen with my friend, which I don't really count because it's not like a proper, you know, online thing. Um, but yeah, um, I think all the practice from Destiny paid off because I actually did quite well. But it felt good, man. I mean, the shooting mechanics were solid as always with Call of Duty. You know, they're up with some of the best. You know, like with Halo and everything, they're they're, they're pretty hard to fault mechanically. The um, the game modes, um, the game modes were good fun. You had a lot of the um, the standard ones in there. We had team deathmatch. We started off on that to get us warmed up. So the PR guy said, uh, "We uh, we then went into um, uh, I think it was kill confirmed when you have to um, nick people's dog tags that you kill, which is how you get points. And obviously they try and get yours, and so you fight over dog tags. And there was uh, uh, there was hot zone, obviously where you have to capture different zone and defend them from the opposing team and vice versa. And there was the new one." Which was called Uplink, and it's basically like it's like a more it's like a violent but futuristic version of basketball, where you um you have this data ball that you have to take and take to the opposite team's Uplink section, which scores you a point. It's one point if you chuck it in there, and it's two points if you actually use your exosuit to boost yourself into there, which I actually managed to do and score the winning point, which I was quite pleased about. Um, but yeah, it's actually a lot of fun because you um 
obviously whoever's got the ball, they're quite vulnerable, but they, um, everyone's going after them and you have to, you know, the guys on their team have to defend them. So it was, it was a cool dynamic there. You can throw the ball to each other to keep kind of like a rhythm going and stuff, but you can also, uh, if you've got the ball, you can also throw it at an enemy and it disables them briefly. So you can actually um, do some damage to them, which is good. So you're not entirely defenseless. And it was just, it was just a nice, it was just a refreshing take. I mean, you know, you have all the, obviously the shooting involved in it as with every mode, but it did, it spiced things up and it, it it felt different. It felt, it felt fresh. And I liked that. And obviously, you know, I was new to Call of Duty anyway. So, you know, the other game modes, you know, the, the, the similar things in Destiny as well, like, um, you know, capturing a zone and all that kind of death match. But it's still, you know, those, those were all fun in it anyway. And this, this was, um, this was definitely one of the most fun multiplayer matches I've had in a long time. Like, so I really enjoyed that. It's, um, um, the exosuit uh, itself, I think that's definitely a game changer because the fact that you're now taking verti- um, verticality into it, you know, the stages are more uh, designed so you can go higher and everything. They're more vast, certainly a lot bigger than the, what I've seen in previous games because, you know, I've obviously potted around, so I've seen some of the other stuff, even though I haven't really delved into that sort of world before. Um, the fact that you can now go jump around and go higher, you can also go from side to side, uh, the melee at- um, to avoid fire, like a quick dash left or right. Uh, you, the melee attacks a lot more um, hard hitting this time. You sort of punch, you can sort of kick someone there, go flying a few feet, or punch someone, which I did. Um, so that that's the cool thing. You can also get perks to attach. Um, you can get perks to um, equip on the exosuit, like more batteries, so you can some of the powers last longer, which include things like a cloaking device speaks for itself, a shield, which is good. There's lots of different powers you can get, or ones that lets you hover. Uh, above the enemy and also like the um rewards you get are, are tied into those things for example if you have the if you have a, have a power up that lets you hover over an enemy and you shoot someone while hovering you'll get an award for that so it's good so there's lots of and you know the perk system is all there um you know as it was but it's it's an upgrade from black ops 2's ones i can't remember the name of it uh i think it was i don't know if it's oh, called tier oh. Killstreak? No, not Killstreak. No, it's a, it was a, it's a name yeah. they give something. It was it had a number on it, like tier thirteen or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It was called a type of. It was the type of perk system or customization. Anyway, this one is now called whatever it is. It's got thirteen next to it, so it's the next level up, which is really. So there's a lot more customization you can do now. And there's also uh, a loot system called supply drops, where you can um, after every round you can collect these things to upgrade your character and stuff. And there's loads. Of, there's a lot of customization. You can choose different types of, you know, uh, like an Asian guy, you know, an African American, uh, a, you know, a Caucasian guy. You can equip different armor and stuff with them. You can also equip. There's lots of different loadouts you can do. That was really good. I got to, you know, I got, I, I, I got to completely customize my experience. I mean, obviously, we were. I didn't want to spend too long on it because it's really interesting time. But I got to um, choose something that worked best for me, which is, you know, automatic weapon with a powerful handgun and stuff. And I, you know, the, the exosuit I used to I worked to my ability. I used the cloaking device which appealed to me more appealed to my play style so yeah i mean it was only about we had about an hour and a half roughly with it so you know it's um uh the matches lasted about 10 minutes or so each so yeah we got a lot done and it was from what i saw it was great we also had a uh a presentation by glenn schofield who's the co-founder of the developer sledgehammer games and he showed us um a couple of trailers and just basically spoke about how they're wanting to inject as much uh innovation to make the series fresh and accessible to newcomers, and customization was stressed a lot. As I said, there's a lot of that involved. And they also showed off roughly a 
think it was about a 15-minute demo uh, of a single player, which um, I, I write about in the preview, so I, I won't go on too much now. But it, look, it looked really good, you know, very you know typical Call of Duty blockbuster blockbuster style set pieces. But it looked really it looked like a hell of a lot of fun to play. So yeah, I was um, it looked good, man. Um, it's um, too early to tell how the full game is, obviously, but I enjoyed it. I have to say, I did. I was pleasantly surprised. Well, remember, everyone, if you pre-order it now, you'll get a chance to get your Day Zero edition as well. So, for anyone who wants yeah. to play it, make sure you pre-order it. Uh, Dane, any opinions on Call of Duty? Are you excited <laughs> at all? Uh, a little bit? Uh, no. Smidgens? No. I'm more <laughs> likely to play Shadow of the Colossus than I am Call of Duty. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I mean, the last time I actually played a Call of Duty game was what was the one with the airport massacre? Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, Modern Warfare. That was the that was the last time I played Call of Duty, and it was literally that stage. I saw a friend play it. I'm like, wow, that looks pretty cool. The fact they actually did that. And then I played that stage and promptly died a few times mm. and then put it on easy and then beat it. And that was the last time I played a Call of Duty. I just, I'm not a first person shooter guy. I don't mm. like them. They're just not exciting to me. So I'm really the worst person to ask, are you excited about Call of Duty? No. <laughs> hey, Fair enough. I was excited for one thing in Black Ops. And I, mm-hmm. I wish it was back in this game. Mm-hmm. That was Zork. That was what I was excited for. <laughs> I bought Black Ops for Zork. What was Zork? A text-based RPG that's in Black Ops 1. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you telling me about that? God. There's an RPG in it? Yeah, it's a text-based RPG. Wait, how? Uh, you got to do a secret cheat in the main menu screen. And then you can unlock a top-down shooting game, a zombie shooting okay. game. And then you can also unlock Zork, which is a text-based RPG where you... Uh, it's amazing. Well, it sounds pretty cool there. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm sold. Yeah, let's find it for five bucks. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's why I bought Call of Duty Black Ops Zork. So if you yeah. I'm buying Advanced Warfare, cause it looks good. But you know how you get me to buy Advanced Warfare Two? Add Zork Two. Just add Zork 2 and you'll, just, I'll buy it. add Zork 2. That's how you get it. You just make these weird <laughs> amalgamations of games. And mm-hmm. that's what you do. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, Call of Duty is a, is a very popular franchise and people love it. It's just not my taste. And so that's why I've just never been into it. Plus, they could advertise the game having 4K resolution. The game runs in 4K during Zork. Because <laughs> it's 4K text. <laughs> oh god <laughs> uh, anyway so before we leave the Namco stuff Mike have you got anything else you want to talk about when it comes to your secret top secret ninja meeting at Namco <laughs> um, well I got to see a life size statue of Kazuya and Jin from Tekken which was awesome I took a picture of the Kazuya one I have to get that uploaded uh, well yeah I um, do you want me to talk about the games all the games I played or yeah sure but first things first yeah. Did they look at those statues and then look at you and get a bit confused about which one's the most muscly? They go, oh, <laughs> he yeah, looks strong, but oh, I don't know, it's he, yeah, they, the king they, of the Iron Fist bus <laughs> tournament. Yeah, they, they thought maybe because you could do with um, being buffed up a bit for the next one, you know, after I flex for him, but that happens. Let's, let's model it after him. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but I um, I had a go on three games at Namco. Um, actually, the previews have yet to be written up, but that'll be coming early next week. Or, well, when this goes up, it will be early this week. So early this week. Um, I got to play um, Shadow Warrior, uh, F1 2014, and Project Cars. Um, Shadow Warrior is... Shadow Warrior is very, it's a crazy game. It um, doesn't take itself seriously, but it's a lot of fun. It's first person. Um, basically, it's a hack em up to the T. You have a set, you're, you're this like awesome samurai dude. You get a samurai sword and a pistol as well, oddly enough. And you hack up these demons and human foes alike. And when I say hack up, hack em up, I mean, really, you, you'll, be, you'll be decapitating people, slicing them in half, slicing off limbs. Blowing them apart with a with a gun, all this kind of stuff. It's crazy. There's blood everywhere, and the main character likes to sort of um, address the situations with kind of a, a light-hearted tone. So he'll be cracking jokes and stuff when he's like slicing heads off and everything. It's um, uh, it's quite an, it's quite a nice-looking game actually on PS4. It's not really pushing the hardware, I don't think much, but it's kind of cool. Um, and it's that got, reminds it's, me like it's a Suda Fifty One game the way you're describing it. Yeah, it does have a bit of that crazy sort of 51 uh, feel about it, sort of Killer 7 um, feel to it and all that kind of stuff. Um, not the same visual style, though. But, um, they did turn, that, turn down the racist racism, which is good. Racism? There was racism in it? Yeah, and the original version was quite quite racist. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, how I, was it racist? I can't remember. I just re- I watched a few videos about it. It was quite bad in places. I'm not going to talk about it here because of, you know... Yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, strict well, rules. But yeah, it was, it was... It was some bit. It wasn't bad, but compared to today's standards. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, I can definitely say that I didn't, I didn't see much of any racism in there, at least, so it's definitely been toned down. Um, but yeah, it's good fun. You upgrade your weapons and powers and stuff. Pretty standard in that. You get... um, You, you collect cash to upgrade your weapons. You collect... um. I think uh, it's like ch- uh, chi energy and karma to upgrade your um, like uh, katana abilities and like your healing powers and stuff like that. So like the secret areas you can go to get to those apart off the main path. It's it's kind of a linear. It, it seems quite linear, but at the same time there's room to explore as well for those secret areas and stuff. Um, I got to play about two or so, uh, about one and a half or so level stages on it, and it's um, the enemies are pretty. Um, they're pretty tough, um, you know, to kill because they come in groups, but they're not overly smart. I mean, literally, you can get away with there's two types of attacks. You have your R2, which is your basic slash. You know, press it a few times and, you know, like that. Or there's, if you hold L2, he does a charge attack. But seriously, I was just going through, just basically tapping, mashing the R2 button, slicing them up and just moving away when I got too close. So it wasn't exactly challenging. So that would be nice if they addressed that. But there are difficulties uh, difficulty levels to do and I um I remember I died and I loaded it up again I loaded up on someone else's file because I've got to save so I didn't want to start the whole thing again so I loaded up someone else's file which is near where I died and I kept dying over and over again and it wasn't until I checked the main menu that someone had it on bloody legend um not legendary like the hardest difficulty setting there like impossible or ultra hard or whatever it was called so I was no wonder I was getting killed so much but yeah, um, the enemies didn't seem all that kind of like smart, so it'd be interesting to see how they had just said. But yeah, it was good fun. Uh, F1 2014, it was pretty much a time trial mode. I went around Silverstone, the British track. Um, I am, I used to play a lot of F1 games when I was younger, like we're talking teenager here, so that's about 15 years ago at least. Um, but it felt quite, it didn't feel quite as intimidating as the other games. From what I remember, it did feel quite user-friendly. 
Um, having to spin around the track, quite literally in some cases, because I literally did go off the track in a spin. Um, it was good, man. It, I didn't have as much time on it as the other games, so, so it was kind of hard to form a, a kind of like a massive opinion on the game. But it, it felt good. The, um, there's a lot of customer, there's a lot of options there and stuff you can do if you're new to the game. It eases you into it, which is good. And um, yeah, it felt good. You know, it's it's Formula One, so it's it's not like a, it's not an arcade racer at all. It's very precise. There's a lot of nuance to the controls and stuff. When I went to break, learning to pull, you know, pull back on a control stick. When learn to, um, learning when to take a tight turn or not to ease up on the ease up on the gas and everything, and then break or whatever. There's a lot of different. It's very, it's very much a trial and error game. That is very much a trial. You have to be quite meticulous in your driving with that. It's not like something you can just spin around off and recover instantly. And um, that's very much true of Project Cars, which I had to go on, which is first and foremost. A beautiful looking game. I mean, the sun glare in that game, especially, is just amazing. It's that's a. Um, it's very much in the vein of Formula One. I actually had to go on the silver. There was a one. Uh, there was another track and a Silverstone track, so I tried both. And um, you know, this um, this was like they had about twenty one cars on the circuit and stuff. So it very it felt very much like a Formula One game in the sense that it's uh, the driving again is very it's very strict. You know, there's not a lot of um, room for error. You have to be really careful of what you're doing and definitely not speeding. You know, you have to, you really have to be careful of what you do again, like with formula one, where to break, when to turn all that kind of stuff. It's not, not, not a very, um, I wouldn't say it's for a kind of a game, uh, game for beginners at all. It's not very forgiving, but it's very, it's hardcore in the sense that it's very rewarding once you nail that down. And after a couple of times on the track, you know, I, I did, um, I repeated the same track again and I actually found my bearings, so to speak. But yeah, it's a gorgeous looking game. Um, the weather effects are great. You know, we had one where it was uh, kind of like late afternoon and it, uh, then the sun went down. We had it when it was kind of like overcast and stuff. And, you know, or early in the morning, a bright sunny day, you can, uh, you could um, alter the date. So you could set the date to literally the day where I was there, which was October the 3rd. Which is kind of cool. There's um, there's some pretty cool damaging damage modeling going on. We saw um, um, I crashed quite a lot, but uh, there are a few instances where you see debris sca- um, like flying through the air and stuff. And there was like a car doing a flip and like someone's bonnet lying in the middle of the road, which is kind of crazy to see. So yeah, I mean you'll touch a lot of cars in this. They're all squashed together, so there's a lot of smashing each smashing into each other and stuff. So yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Um, but yeah, that's um. I think that, that's looking pretty cool, uh, Project Cars. But it's not for everyone. I think it's quite. A, it's more like I said. It's not like Formula One. It's not, it's more. It's not an arcade user friendly kind of thing. It's a lot more hardcore. I don't want to say simulation, but it's definitely more that than a than a you know a simple kind of like arcade style racing game like Ridge Racer. It's definitely more. Uh, it's more of a niche um, uh, kind of like target. I think uh, demographic, but it's definitely a quality game though. Definitely. I mean, the car handles really well once you get down to it. It, it was really, really good, yeah. So, that it was good. Good fun. Uh, Dane, has he sold you any of those games? Is there any of those that make you sound excited? Well, if you guys know my uh, preferences, I think it would be an easy choice of those three, and that would be Shadow, Shadow Warrior. Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sounds pretty cool, um, especially with the whole... Suda 51 vibe. Obviously, it's not a Suda 51 game. I'm assuming it's not a Suda 51 no, game. No, um, but it's just got that vibe, which is pretty cool. And I've like I played um, No More Heroes. I played that in Japanese, and that <laughs> game was was fun. Yeah, that game punked me. I bought it here in Korea, and on the case it said it's in English. 
it said it's in English. And then I go and pop it in. And nope, it's, it's all in Japanese. <laughs> so all the vocals are in English. This is the crazy thing about the game is all the vocals are in English, but with Japanese subtitles. Yeah. And, and like you can play the game easily without knowing any Japanese. You just won't know mostly what they're saying, like just text. Whenever text comes up, it's in Japanese. But whenever people talk, it's in English. So it's kind of like you just get you just see a number. It's like, oh, 50. And you just think, oh, I got to kill 50 people. That seems pretty easy quest. Um, but anyways, uh, Shadow Warrior sounds pretty good. I'd enjoy playing that. Do you know what system? Did they say what system it was for? Uh, PS4, Mike? Xbox One. And it's already out on PC. It's been out on PC since last year. Oh, so it was a PC game first. Yeah, ah. uh, nineteen ninety-eight was the original PC game. Yeah, this uh, is a re- this yeah, is a re- uh, re- kind of a remake. Whoa, yeah. that is a big re- that's a sixteen-year gap. Yeah, that's well. Hopefully, it's good. The RPG elements have me hooked. Um, I'd, I'd enjoy seeing it. So, did it say when it was coming out, or did I miss that from your your monologue, Mike? It's the end of October because yeah. I'm down to review it. So. Yeah, Are you is, down yeah. to review it? Yeah, I asked for it a long time ago. So, yeah, um, F one is uh, I I can't actually remember when F one. I think that's around the same time. But uh, uh, Project Cars is November. Yeah, twenty uh, first, and um, yeah, Shadow Warriors is October yeah. or this month, should I say? Yeah. Well, shows how how lackadaisical I've been. I didn't even <laughs> remember that. I got to check this out. Make sure you're down for it. Yeah. Well, that but... Lego. You got check that as well. Lego, yeah. Lego. Uh, anyway, Le- Lego, my ego. <laughs> uh, you know, because obviously I want Shadow Warrior and Lego. You know, those two games sound like the perfect mix. Which which Lego? <laughs> There's many a Legos. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that later. Anyway. Okay. Um, I, uh, but I think the biggest question, I think the most important question of all, that that transcends this entire podcast, transcends time and space in a in a way that even I can't describe. Does Shadow Warrior include Geno Simulator? I think that is the big question right now. Does it include what? Janitor Simulator. Because, Janitor Simulator? Because on the PC version, if you buy a Shadow Warrior, you get a physical simulator, something or other. Anyway, you play a janitor that has to clean up the area after the level after the guy in Shadow Warrior killed everyone. Oh god. That sounds uh, awesome. That sounds I great. I didn't come across any janitors that murdered people. Well it? no, it was a side along project. You got right. free with Shadow Warrior. Um, How is this not a Suda fifty one game? That's that's something he would just make up. It's just so wacky. It's like, yep. Here's the take from the from the cleanup crew side of things. So yeah, you gotta clean up the the place after after everything's been finished, and it has multiplayer as well. You can multiple cleaning. Yeah, you can have up to four people online in multiple cleanup janitor simulator. So I, I think they're losing out on a, a big demographic if they do not have janitor simulator. <laughs> um, so, That's yeah. game of the year right there. Game of the year. Um, actually, here's a question. Do you mind if I interrupt and, and ask you guys a question? Yeah, sure. Something that Ernest and I have been, uh, Ernest, don't call me a girl, Lynn, and I have been discussing. 
and it's it's getting close to the end of the year, and it's that game of the year time, and we've been discussing like what what is our game of the year? What do we think our game of the year is? And yeah, go simulator, <laughs> janitor simulator. Um, and we were thinking really hard, and Destiny never became the game everyone thought it would be. Watch Dogs never became the game everyone thought it would be. And so there's this big void of that, like, top, top guaranteed number one game this year as opposed to last year. And so agree or not with this statement, we were thinking that our game of the year this year would actually be The Last of Us Remastered. That a remake of a game from the previous year would be the game of the year this year. What do you think about that? Well, if Janitor Simulator comes out, I don't know. But for now, yes, yeah, maybe. I, I know, that's just the triple, <laughs> that's a quadruple A game, Janitor Simulator. It's just shut the presses, you know, there's a, a national day off to play that game. Right. I don't know, but to what be do you... honest. Uh um, oh, you got us on the. You got us with a cr- tricky one now. I gave you with a counterpunch. I was just waiting, biding my time, and then bam, got you flush on the jaw. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I love. Oh, carry on, Mike. I was just going to say, I think there has been a lot of disappointment with a lot of the game, the big oh. games this year. So, well, I can't speak from experience because I, I, you know, I haven't played Watch Dogs, but certainly there's been disappointment with people will have and the you know reviewers and the same with destiny even though i actually really like destiny because i wasn't taken in by all the hype and stuff because i didn't really have much interest in it to begin with even though it looked kind of cool but that's taken me by surprise but i think the last of us the last of us remastered is superb i mean i've played a hell out of it i think it's great and i think it could very well become the game of the year I mean, it's. Um, I think it is kind of crazy, but it's a game from la- a remastered version of a last generation game. But I think the quality speaks for itself. But hopefully, by next year, we'll start coming out with proper, um, um, you know, made, yeah, you know, made for PS4 kind of next gen games. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, because that was the one thing we were just talking about, Ernest and I, is like for at least from the critic side of things, the only game that well that I can remember that is universally praised was The Last of Us Remastered. Um, Because Watch Dogs had detractors. uh, Destiny had detractors. I'm trying to think what else came out this year. I mean, GTA was last year, right? And it's not out yet, technically. Yeah, so GTA 5 was last year. Um, So there's unless there's some game that I'm missing the obvious, like... Last of Us was like the only universally praised game without a detractor that came out for that came out this year. So it'd just be interesting as like the the months tick down, and like the only game that I can think of that's on the docket that could replace it is The Evil Within. I don't know. That's it's, getting a lot of hate, isn't it? Really. Well, the game's not out yet officially, yeah. so who knows, right? But, I've, I've I've got a lot of hope for that. I'm reviewing it as well, so um. <laughs> so biased opinion there, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say uh, Velocity will be my game of the year. Well, there we go. So that's going to be interesting. Come December, we should actually have a game of the year podcast. Come December. Uh, we should have a special. Everyone has like one that. of those. Right. We'll have to do some sort of weird twist on it. Maybe 
maybe yeah we'll, we'll think of something the, the best and worst games of the year yeah that, yeah we, we've got to do something like that but I don't know we're going to have to sort of yeah it'd be interesting to see what we can do we'll, we'll think of something words will appear and eyes will be glued and hearing for the ears so we'll see yeah. what happens um, but yeah Velocity will probably get my game of the year and this isn't just because I like promoting Velocity you should buy that uh, <laughs> I met the guys at, Euro, at Eurogamer again this year like, they were walking around with signs like billboards on them to promote their own game really yeah you know we should you shouldn't be called Jim Sterling to be honest Ben you should be called Don King you're like the promoter you promote everything <laughs> right well, the real Don King what well, am I am I PewDiePie now uh, chili pie Chili pie. There we go. Chili pie. <laughs> Chili pie. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Anyway, let's let's move on to. I I was at Eurogamer, as you know. Blah blah blah. I had a an event the Friday. I was down at Eurogamer with Square Enix. It was a private press only event that you had to be invited, and they were very kindly enough to invite me to the event. In fact, they emailed me personally, which was very sh- surprising. Normally, you go to Stephen, and then Stephen says, "Yeah, if you want to." But nope, they contacted me, so thank you for that, Square Enix. You're amazing. Jealous. Uh, so I got to preview. I got to play three games. Uh, I didn't really pay too much attention to Sleeping Dogs because it's Sleeping Dogs, and you all know it's going to look good, and it's going to be Sleeping Dogs. You get all the DLCs. And Lords of the Fallen, I tried, but the person that had been playing it before me got to, like, a mini-boss fight, and I'd never played the game before. I had no idea what was going on, so to be just thrown at a game like that, I kind of died a lot and got frustrated and gave up. Uh, Sorry about that, everyone. Um, I should have paid yeah. more attention, but I guess. But then I had a little. They had a little video preview of Life is Strange. Now I must admit I hadn't even really heard of this title until this event. In fact, I had to research it before I went to the event so I could work out what it was. Yeah. Um, it feel it's the art style looks a bit like Walking Dead, um, and the gameplay is pretty much like Walking Dead. You've got your options. You got as you play through the game, you have got decisions you can make. Is this just that affects the storyline? There'll be multiple endings, but there won't be a ridiculous amount of endings. There's only going to be six endings. Um, this is, this will be episodic. There'll be five episodes. Um, Square Enix confirmed the fact that they're going to release it very shortly in between the windows, so you won't have to wait months. Possibly right. weeks, maybe, for each episode. Uh, and there'll be a season pass, of course. And the, there was talks about possibly doing a retail version eventually. But you couldn't talk more, much about it due to the fact that it's not out till spring early 2015. Um, but if they do do a re- retail version, he said they hope to do like a special sort of box. He, he talked about the fact that one of the recent games came in like a SNES box. With like <laughs> old school manual and stuff like that. That's what they hope to do with Life is Strange. Oh, like cool. a special collector's edition version for retail, if there is a retail version. Uh, as you play the game, you play as... Uh, uh, I think it, yeah, her name was Max. Uh, she uh-huh. came back to her hometown after five years' absence. Um, basically, the, it's just like a sort of like a horror... Not really a horror, it's weird. It's like a teen drama game, but with... It's weird. Anyway, she found out she has weird... She has super... She has ability to rewind time, basically. Um, so, one scene that the guy played 
remember this is a demo and I could not play it. It was just hands off. I just watched the guy. Uh, he, his the, during the fight in the demo, the, I didn't get to see the fight. So I think that was before the demo. Um, her camera got broken, and she had got some in, yeah, images that were kind of, kind of risky for her, for certain people. Again, plot I couldn't really see much about this because they don't want to keep they don't want people to know too much about the story because it's a story based game. Anyway, she needed some precision screwdrivers to fix her uh, camera, but they were above a ledge that she couldn't reach. But they, it was above a washing machine. So what happened? She turned the washing machine on to make it vibrate so the screwdrivers would fall off, so she could reach them. But they fell off underneath the table and she couldn't reach them. So she noticed there was an envelope. So what you do is you rewind time, push the envelope under, turn the washing machine on, it'll fall off, and then land on the envelope, and you just use the envelope to pull the screwdrivers out underneath the table. <laughs> That's one of the features of uh, the rewind. Uh, and there's multiple features. Yeah, this will be a, a big, important feature. Um, but you can only rewind to a certain point. You can't just rewind to the start of the game and redo it all again. You can only rewind back to the previous cutscene. So you can't just skip, you know, go back all the way to the game. So even if you do change a decision then, let's just say you pick the wrong decision, you want another one, you can rewind to that. But that will still affect you long term. So the rewind feature isn't that broken as I thought it would be. It still seems a bit weird. Um, they also promise that the rewind feature will not not feature in trophies. So there'll be it won't affect trophies at all. They, they still haven't decided exactly yet how this is going to happen, but they promised me that trophies will not be affected. Oh, and I've got hiccups now. So, <laughs> hopefully I've sold you guys on this game. Uh, Mike? Um, I've been told about this before. And yeah. say, a lot of people saying that um, I would like it. If you like The Walking Dead, you probably yeah. like this. And it does sound... And considering I didn't take much notice of people saying I like The Walking Dead, and ended up getting it and playing it and loving it... Um, I think, uh, sorry, um, I think that I should definitely um, take notice of this sooner rather than later. It does sound kind of cool. And um, it's, um, I need to kind of like play more of these types of games as it is rather than just sticking to the same kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think it sounds pretty cool. I mean, I love The Walking Dead. So if anything, anything that plays like that or similar to that, I'm all for that, definitely. Well, I I do recommend this, Mike. It looked amazing. Um, Dane. I, I asked about trophies because I thought of you. <laughs> it was either me or Tim you you asked that for. So, but thank you though, Chili. I'm sure both Tim and I will enjoy the free trophies. Uh, I think you talked about this on RDGH. Yeah, last but I didn't week. Cover it too much. Okay. Yeah. So I I think it's interesting. I think on RDGH I commented about the time system. And I like that feature. It kind of has that Prince of Persia feel to it where you can just rewind time. Like you screw up. It's like, oh, crap. Let's rewind and go back. Um, I'm interested to see how it works with the story, like how it can affect the story and how much replayability in the story it's going to be. My concern is if the choices don't matter. Like it seems like your rewinding time helps make you redo choices and change choices. But if it's going to be the same ending or the same similar ending and the branchings don't matter that much, I think it's a waste of an opportunity 
Is, do you do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, what he said was the fact that though that's kind of it, the it does affect the branches do go off into different patterns, but they always end up in the certain same area. So no matter what you do, you'll always sort of go to the same sort of spot. You know, like Walking Dead. But there'll yeah. be there will be uh, six, maybe seven different endings based on your choices during the actual gameplay. Um, although you you can rewind time in short choices, the long term effects you won't know until you actually get to them. And when you get to them, you can't rewind back far enough to change the other short choices. Yeah, well, see, as as long as there's like a permanent effect, then I think it will be good. If it's just kind of like wallpapering and it doesn't actually affect the the end game at all then I think it's a waste of an opportunity. So that's kind of like my half-and-half half approach to it. As I wrote in the preview, uh, there's a bit where your friend's smoking weed. Now, her father comes in and catches her. Um, now, if you lie and say you're the one that's been smoking it, because he doesn't actually see it, he just sees the, you know, the, the spliff. Um, if you come out and say you're the one who's smoking it, for, for then on, he is then angry at you. He doesn't like you at all. Hmm. Um, but you can lie, you, well, you can admit and say that she's smoking and then she gets punched in the face and she dislikes you then. So your choices do matter because based on what you decided then will give, change your relationship for those two characters. Um, so yeah, of course you can probably patch them up with both of them, but you know, that's the short term, at least the short term effect and possibly long term. Yeah, well see right, right there, and sorry to interrupt, I mean, yeah, you got two different... Either your friend hates you or the father hates you. But I mean, if the end game of that is always going to be the same, then that choice doesn't really matter. So, I mean, as long as that choice matters and that affects something later on, like really, truly affects something where, you know, course B is cut off because you got the your friend punched in the face or course A is cut off because... Uh, you were the one who took the hit instead of your friend, I mean, then it's good. Um, but if it's just kind of window dressing, then I think that's part of the problem. And I understand, like, you can't have 50 different endings uh, for a game because it just takes too, too long. But at the same time, like, after Mass Effect, I'm sick of the whole your choices mm-hmm. matter diatribe when they don't really matter. So... Also, um, one of the effects that if you say you you're the one who was spoken, mm-hmm. she really likes you. Your friend really likes you then, um, and you find out she's actually stolen her stepfather's gun, and then you break out of the the room. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Um, so yeah, that's that's where the demo ended. I'll admit, I actually I'll admit, I hate to say this, but I I was nearly I was nearly falling asleep during the presentation. Not because the game looked bad. I loved the game. But I'd been in a busy environment with Eurogamer. It was rustling. I was running about everywhere. And then when I got to Square Enix and went to that event, it was a nice dark room with this nice, relaxing, calming music. Uh, Yeah, it was not a perfect combination. (laughs) I was like, no, that's not yawn. I'm at the front. (laughs) No, can't yawn. Oh, God. But yeah, I'll admit I loved it though, and I I I, would, I want to pre-order it. I want to buy it. I want to buy it now. Sell me it now. It's, even if it doesn't work, I'll I'll pay for it. Um, and 
while we're at my other Square Enix event I did was Lara Croft and the Tomb Raider of Cyrus where I actually got to play it. Um, you can read this both of these on PSU.com. Um, I won't go into much because again, because I talked about an RDGH, but I just want to elaborate for anyone who wants to know. Uh, ah, it was amazing. It's a top-down shooter like the previous. Uh, what was it called now? Ah, oh, Tomb Raider and the Guardians of Light. <laughs> I think it was that Guardians of Light is a t- uh, top-down PS3 game, and this again is a top-down P- PS4 yeah. game. Yeah, Guardian. Yeah, Guardian of yeah. Light. Yeah. Uh, where you play as Lara or Carter Bell alongside two Egyptian gods called Isis and Horus. Uh, you can play with up to four players, but you can also play online, which is a nice new feature because that did not the previous game did not have online. Uh, Lara and Carter play slightly. They all play Lara and Carter play different to the gods. Uh, they have the ability to grappling and hook and other things, which are pretty good. Uh, it's a co-op game, but there is some competitive nature about it. Basically, as you kill enemies, they drop gems. The first, you've got to rush to the gems to get the highest score. Also, collectible items are not shared. So you've got to rush to the collectible items to collect them before your friends. Uh, rings in the demo were shared, but in the future, if I'm rightly not shared, rings give you stat bonuses and stuff like that based on when you pick them up. Mm-hmm. So you might get more health regeneration, you might get more ammo. Same with weapons. Weapons are not shared, so you've got to rush to pick them up before your friends. Uh-huh. Uh, the demo had a shotgun, which was pretty good. But to be honest, I used the pistol most of the time anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, it was. I I I I loved it, and I hate the fact that it's getting so much bad press because of the whole Rise of the Tomb Raider being exclusive to Xbox One for now thing. I'd recommend looking this up because it is a fun, competitive, cooperative, competitive, pretty much game, and. The Collector Edition is a very decent price as well, with twenty nine ninety nine. It comes with a season pass, a map, a art book, and the bobblehead Lara, which is adorable. Really, a bobblehead Lara? <laughs> yeah, bobblehead Lara, and it's only twenty nine ninety nine. Oh wow, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, so that's good. That's do, pounds, right? Yeah, pounds. Okay. Squids. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be twenty nine. It's going to be thirty five dollars for the Collector's Edition. Wow, that's and there's a bobblehead. Yeah, bubblehead. I'd be down for that for thirty-five. I mean, yeah. I the the uh, collector's editions are the only thing, well, yeah. one of two things that will give me to buy a game at full price simply because of that swag. So that seems like a cheap, cheap piece of swag right there. So and it is very adorable. It is amazing. Um, so yeah, Tomb Raider and the Temple of Osiris. Uh, it's a good game. Don't hate it just because of haters. Um, have a look up. It looks good. And we'll read our preview. Um, I, I've commented a few times on the comments about yeah, people commenting. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Temple of Osiris. Let's go on to some reviews. Sweet. Um, football. Uh, FIFA 15 review. Champions League potential with series. Sir, uh, there's a mistake in the Syria. 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 I thought it said yeah, Series A. No, it's Syria. It's Italian. Ah, okay. It's all very confusing. It's football. I've got no idea what it means. You mean uh, soccer? What? What's soccer? Yeah. <laughs> Is that anything heard... related to your hand egg? Um, anyway, by Adam Bar- Byrne. Uh, Bar- anyway. Adam Byrne? Adam Byrne. Byrne. Uh, yeah. Are you okay, Ben? <laughs> I am. Uh, my brain is breaking because I'm reading the footballs. Uh, <laughs> okay. Final word. It can deliberately... 
It can feel desperately unfair at times, bordering on blatant and cheating, but the fact that your unwaverly preserve speaks volumes for FIFA 15. This thing can be a must for footballing fans. We like the flawless presentation, the interesting gameplay dynamic, the incredibly exciting matchups, and we dislike the defensive play. The career mode needs an overhaul, and the goalkeeping can be erratic. I hmm. We gave it an 8.0. Um, if you like the footballs, then this is obviously the game for you, so go out and buy the footballs. <laughs> <laughs> it has kick in it, in it and stuff. Anyway, I hope it's let's... got a kick in it. <laughs> I'll just buy a football instead and play that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can do that as well. Um, anyway, let's go on to Natural Doctrine by Dane, hashtag buy my book. Um, he reviewed this on the PS Vita. Uh, a final word, Dark Souls meets tactics and unforgiving SRPG. Some basic design flaws hurt and slow down the gameplay of what is otherwise an enjoyable game. Not for the faint heart, but for those seeking a real challenge. Uh, inspiring voice acting, side quest dungeons close temporarily forcing players on a difficulty curve. Uh, chain attacks train you to be more tactically aware than other SRPGs. We just like the slow pace in the dungeons and movement points, bland graphics and reused mine areas, quirks in the gameplay that cause unfairness instead of fairness. He gave it a 6.5. Not, not bad though, 6.5 for you Dane. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Considering I'm like the lowest raider on the site, <laughs> it's close to my average. So, I mean, it's it's a hard game, but hard doesn't mean bad. But in this case, like some of those quirks, just it ruins the shine the game could have been. Like for example, um, oh, what was it? Once one stage. It's because how the game works is. You, you move like it's like any other RPG like strategy RPG where you have your turn order but what you can do is if you do an attack or something that's adjacent to your other characters then they can skip ahead in the turn order no matter where they are and so you can chain attacks or movements or whatever and so that's part of the strategy but at times uh, if you're at a door well you don't know what's behind the door and so when you open the door, their turn order pops up. And so you don't know if your guy is coming after you or if it's the enemy. And in some cases, if it's the enemy, well, if there's eight people behind the door, well, they can suddenly chain eight attacks at you and your guy's dead and it's game over. Because no matter who dies on your team, the game is over. It doesn't matter who it is, right? It can be the mage. It could be the, the tank. It could be whoever. So that's one of the challenges and that's one of those little flaws that kind of ruins it because the game is kind of really slow to play because you can only move two spaces at a time. And by move, I mean you're literally moving the guy uh, with, your, with your analog stick. So it's not like a point and click thing like say Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Tactics. So you, because you've got to move everyone, it gets really slow especially if you're going from one side of the map to the other side of the map. So you're, it's like lots of wasted time. And then if you die, you got to hope that you're at a checkpoint. So that way you don't have that much time to, to make up. So things like that kind of ruin the flair of the game. The fact you can only move two spaces at a time also ruins the tactical flair of the game. You kind of can't flank people. So... I mean, you, you you fix those issues, and the game is probably seven point five to me, maybe an eight, uh, because I like the story. The story was kind of fun, um, but 
it's all based around combat. And when the game is based around combat and you have glaring errors, then it, it hurts its overall. Well, thank you for that. Uh... Yeah. Oh, and keep in mind, it's also on the PS3 and PS4, but I decided just to review it on the, the Vita. Okay. Okay, so let's go on to another Dane game. Uh, hmm. Air No Surge Ode to the Unborn Star Review. Did I, did I butcher that too much? Air No Surge Ode to the Unborn Star? Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Um, this is a Tecmo Koei game, actually. Well, published by Tecmo Koei. Chin probably hates me after seeing the score. <laughs> oh. Oh, no, he could never hate you. Uh, anyway, the final word, an overcomplicated story with pacing issues holds the RPG back from its full potential, especially since the prequel was not released in English first. Those who enjoy reading when I don't have fun, a tedious magic lemon system can only scare away new fans embracing the series. Only RPG diehards and TK fans will immediately gravitate towards it. We like the enchanting soundtrack, the anime cutscenes that are AAA quality, the instant kill magic that works on bosses. Uh, we dislike the overcomplicated plot that can get boring, the dive system has too much story for those just wanting to level up, and uh, bland environmental designs that don't push the PS3 hardware. Uh, Dan gave it a 6.5. Uh, twice in a row. Wow! See, your average. My well, my it's bringing my average down from a <laughs> seven point two to something below. But uh, so this game is a mixed bag again. Okay. The soundtrack is probably one of the best soundtracks I've I've heard for a game in a while. Um, because the whole combat system, like part of it, is based on magic. The whole story is based on like songs being used as magic. They really took the time and effort to have a good soundtrack. Um, so instead of just something like splashed in there, like a lot of games. Uh, so that's what I liked. The problem is, the big problem for this game is it's the second game. There's a prequel. There's a game before this. And so when you're playing this one, it feels like you're missing part of the story. And that's because there is a game before this which probably has that part of the story you're missing. And so it, it ruins that flow, especially because this isn't like a Mass Effect story where, this, where it's like really easy. Oh, look, there's aliens. They want to conquer us. We got to fight the good fight. Um, this is like really complicated science fiction, like nothing you've seen before. You have to be a really big Artonalico fan from the PS2 days to really understand like this complex story system that they have, which because the first game wasn't out, it ruins the pacing because you get all of this story. You don't kind of know what's going on. And then you fight one battle, which is really quick. And then you get another 20 minutes of story, which kind of makes Kojima jealous because he wishes he could just give you this much story. And then another battle, and then more story, and then you switch to other people, and you're like, what is this going on? I don't know what this is about. It's just super complicated. But our Total Eco fans would understand that, and they would enjoy it, like because it's made by Gust, which is owned by TK now. So it's really a, a diehard RPG game. And as someone pointed out in the, in the comments for that review, uh, quite appropriately. I only played this on easy because it's a review. I got to get through the game as quick as possible. So playing it on hard is just a lot of wasted time. And so because of it on easy, your song magic kind of instant kills everything, even bosses, which is great 
because then if you want the story to go by quicker, you're not grinding for five hours to get past the boss. But on the harder difficulties, uh, your song magic loads a lot slower, so you actually have to kill a boss with normal attacks. So if you want the game to go longer, you want to have more in-depth strategy for your combat, other than waiting for your instant kill magic, you have to play it on something other than easy. Fair mm. enough. Uh, so our last review will be Frozen Snaps. Synapse. 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 Synapse Prime, a review uh, by hashtag Believing Gary. Uh, mm-hmm. This is uh, the Frozen Synapse Prime Mary's classic, uh, classic turn-based action with thoughtful design like turn previews and asynchronous multiplayer. Uh, graphics can be bland and design frustrating wear at the experience, but it's a satisfying strategy romp made better with friends. Uh, we like the turn-based strategy combat, the fun multiplayer, the great soundtrack. We just like that not all missions are fun, the level variation, and not many people playing online. Uh, he gave it a 7.0. Sadly, Gary's not with us this week, but it definitely looks good-ish. <laughs> I know I wanted to play it. I wanted to review it, and then just as we got it, like Gary's like, I want it. Mate, so I'm like, okay. You know, just- I just want to say they need to um, they need to make they need to add sadly to the English dictionary because yeah. it's not actually a word but it sounds like it should be. Yeah, it needs <laughs> to be a word. Do I say that too much? No, no, Ben does. Yeah. It's Ben's trait. Sadly, yeah. yeah. And I honestly thought it was a word until recently. I really did. But <laughs> yeah. well, I'm glad he got a, a good score because because once I see it on sale. I'll definitely pick it up and want to play it. Yeah. So, we've covered the reviews, we've covered the news, we've covered the previews. Let's cover what have we been playing. Uh, We'll start with Dane. What have you been playing recently? Uh, Well, what I'm playing right now, literally right now as we're doing this podcast, is Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. uh, And whatever the rest of the tagline is, Suplex Supreme of Awesomeness or whatever. Um, I'll tell you what, it's not going to get a 6.5, that's for sure. Um, Good. So, and uh, it's at least getting a 9, I can tell you that right now. The uh, oh, reviews have already come out for it, so there's no embargo anymore. So it's at least getting a 9. Right now, I'm playing to determine if it's going to get a 9 or a 9.5 uh-huh. for me, the 0.5 difference. But it's sweet. It's The combat is the same as it was for the original, and... But they added like some extras. They made the one problem I had with the first game was it was really, really, really for the hardcore fighter because there was like no difficulty level. So if you played like score attack, well, there's only one difficulty level, and that's on insanely hard. And I would just get the crap kicked out of me on the first level and die really quickly. What I like about this one is the fact... This is like a mini review here. Here you go. Here's a mini review ahead of time. Uh, I like the fact that they added difficulty levels to all the different game modes. So if you just want to play for fun and play it on easy, well, then you can play it on easy. If you want to challenge, you can do your time attack, your score attack. There's no time attack. But you can play your score attack on as hard as you want, which is really good. And then they added a new game mode um, called Golden Arena, which is like an RPG. It's literally like they made the fighting game an RPG. Uh, so you do like a gauntlet of battles. 
and for each win you get experience points and then you can level up stats and then as you get stronger you go against tougher opponents and it's literally a gauntlet because your stam your health only recharges a little bit once you go past the beginning uh course because there's four courses of different lengths the first one you your stamina bar always refills or maybe i was just so good i never noticed it but it always seemed you always got full health but on the the next course which i'm at um, it only recharges a little bit. So if you get the crap beat out of you, well, you might die. And it's not like a full gauntlet where you got to start back from level one. It's every after every boss you face, which is every five stages, it kind of like saves it. So you can go back to wherever you want to be in the, in, the, in the course. So if you get to level 50, stage 50, and you want to go from level 25 or 26 again, well, you can start from 26. Uh, or you can start from level 50. So uh, it's really fun. And like I said before, Persona and DOA are the only fighting games I play. So again, take my score with a grain of salt because of that. But I am having a lot of fun after playing two games. I gave a 6.5. So, and I've been playing it this entire time as we've been doing this podcast. Oh, I wish I could. Uh, oh, God, my brain's gone dead. What's the, uh, the phrase I'm thinking of? Um, juggle. Um, you know what I mean? Multitask. Multitask. Yeah, I wish I could multitask. I can't do that. <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm not the host, so I don't have to care about half half the stuff. I don't have to be <laughs> on, on. No offense, I don't have to be paying full attention to everything. I can kind of, you know, drown out some things at times. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mike, what have you been playing this week? Oh, actually, before we go on. Uh, uh-huh. A lot of people don't know this. I watched. I saw this on the uh, Spoonie Experiment, Dane. Um, yes. It actually said for some reason this is it's a re- suplex is a, suplex is a wrestling move, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Suplex is a wrestling it's move. It's actually called oh, suplex, not actually suplex. Suplex. Uh, basically, when it was first, you know, as a wrestling move, um, the actual announcers used to call it the suplex move. But mm-hmm. over time, people just kept calling it by what it was. Basically, it used to be a French term. Um, but over the years, it's just become what it's said to be uh-huh. like. So, yeah, little history fact. Well, there we go. Well, it's the suplex. of I, I honestly don't remember the full name of this, but it's just hilarious. I mean, even the first game, the first Persona 4 Arena, had some absurdly, awesomely long title in Japanese that I'm just like, okay, I'm never going to be able to pronounce it all in one breath, but it's still good. I'll always remember the Ratchet and Clank trilogy name. Uh, what is it? Ratchet and Clank's strongest, gorgeous galaxy pack. Amazing. Strongest, gorgeous galaxy pack. Yeah, that's the, the, <laughs> the, the, the one that, that's, I think it was actually longer than that, but that's the Japanese title for Ratchet and Clank trilogy. Oh, right. Yeah. It was amazing. Anyway, Mike, sorry about that. What have you been playing this week? No, don't worry. Um, I've, um, well, obviously, I'd be apart from the games I've been playing um, at the events and stuff, I've been mostly on, um, actually, no, I'm not mostly. I'd say exclusively on Destiny. 
Um, no, I tell you a lot. I've had a bit of um, played a bit of Grand Theft Auto Vice City stories. I'm trying to finish up on, uh, but yeah, apart from that, it's literally been Destiny. Um, I've been really putting a lot of time into that game. Um, as I said, it's um, it surprised me a lot because I didn't think I like anything like this, but um, it really, I really am enjoying it. I've been teaming up with a lot of you guys from PSU. Obviously, Ben, me and you have played quite a lot, really? and Glenn and Stephen as well, which has been cool. Um, so I've been doing. I've mostly been in the Crucible because I'm trying to um, get my uh, Crucible rank up so I can start get to rank 2 so I can actually start buying some stuff because I've got enough uh, marks at the moment or points or whatever they are, but I need the actual rank to go up. And it takes quite a long time, so I've been doing bounties mostly, which gives you most the most rewards. Um, I've also been doing a couple of strikes here and there when I can. I did one earlier today. I started doing the Queen's ones as well, thanks to you again, Ben. Got my first um, legendary gear, a helmet. So that's good. Um, yeah, I've just, just been going on that, man, just grinding my way through. I'm on level 25 now, which is good. Um, so, yeah, I'm just enjoying that. Um, I will, however, probably, I need to start GTA 5 at some point. It's like, seriously, I'm a year over a year behind that. So I'll probably be juggling it with that and sort of gradually taper off Destiny and leave it to, you know, play it, just teaming up with you guys rather than going on my own and stuff. So just to try and juggle things up a bit. But, yeah, that's been pretty much it. Uh, same. To be honest, same here with Destiny. I can't talk about the other games I've been playing because um, yeah, NDAs and embargo. embargoes and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, Destiny, I've been playing a lot of that. I've, I've beat the raid this week, actually. Uh, yeah. that, that took me four hours. Nearly five hours to beat that raid. It was ridiculous. But we did it. Wow, really? We did it. I got a, a, a white shader. Oh, yes. Worth it. Um... The raid was a lot of fun, actually, but a lot of people have covered the raid. and I, it, Trust me, it doesn't normally take four hours, but we had no idea what we were doing at all. So if you knew what you were doing, it would probably take you about an hour. All right. Uh, but we had no idea. In fact, we got lost in the labyrinth for about, for about an hour and a half. A lot of people are going to laugh, saying the labyrinth's easy, but you got to remember, I have no direction sense whatsoever. And neither did my team, it seems, so we got quite... In fact, I want to mention... Uh, me and the other Titan got an amazing skirt, like a blueprint skirt. It was me and a guy called Heart Attack underscore J. So I, I said I'd mention him in the podcast. I don't know if he'll listen, but I mentioned him anyway. Um, so yeah, that was an amazing. We, we ended up just sort of dancing once we got that skirt because All right. we got a manly skirt. Why else wouldn't we be dancing? Um, so yeah, that was that was what I've been doing. So I think we're going to wrap up the podcast now, actually, because it's getting late. Um, so, Dane, how how can the wonderful people stalk you? Stalking me? Well, I would love some stalkers. That would be fun. You know you're famous when you have stalkers. Uh, you can reach me on uh, at PSU for my email, uh, dane.smith at psu.com. That's D-A-N-E. Or you can reach me at Twitter, at the Somber Files, L-A-S-O-M-B-R-A-F-I-L-E-S. And if you'd like, you can buy my book, The Somber Files, Choice and Consequence, on Amazon, which is on Kindle and physical editions. Buy the book. Only 99 cents. Yeah, 99 cents. That's Even though it says two ninety nine for some stupid reason, it's actually ninety nine cents. I mean, what what else could you buy for ninety nine cents? Not even a chocolate bar. No, no, you couldn't even buy that. So, buy his book and save yourself one chocolate bar. Um, 
So, Mike, how can how can they stalk you? <laughs> uh, they can stalk me just by contacting me old-fashioned way at email, mike.harridance.psu.com. Okay, no problem. And you can also contact us at podcast at psu.com. You can contact us at twitter at psu.com. And P- uh, you can also contact us at, PS- at P- PlayStation Unchained on Twitter as well. Uh, you-, you can also contact me personally um, via Chili underscore you count Twitter. My- I just forgot that for a second there. And ben.chillabithall at psu.com. <laughs> uh, you can also contact me on PSM, which a few of you actually have done. Um, um, send me friend requests actually and I've accepted them thank you for those um, Chili um, thank you again to everyone who sent me friend requests um, so yeah that's the ways you can contact us and so because remember to subscribe to us on I- the iTunes um, and you'll get ma- uh, Unchained and RDH magically downloaded to your iThings using the wizardry cloud where are you cloud um, anyway uh, so I think that'll be it for this week. I think this is. Can I say one more thing, Ben? Fine, you can say one more. Thing. I want to do. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to uh, our super fans, Snova and Duffman, especially Snova because he sent in a email about the special podcast we did last week, the review special. So if anyone would like to email me about any specific a one-shot podcast or topics you'd like to talk about in the future or like to hear us talk about in the future, please send us that because if we know you want it, then we will do it Uh, because we don't want to give you content that you guys do not want to listen to. So thank you again, Snova and Duffman. Okay. And thank you all for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with Mike hosting. Uh, Yep. So until then, I think think you're going to all enjoy the week. And I think you should all be, you should all, I don't know, take a minute to just sit back, relax, look at where you are right now. And I think you've got to look up and go, yes, yes, I thank God for Chile. Thank God for me. 